Georgia. It's 8.30 and time once again for the Bible broadcast with evangelist Keith Allison. Well, let me say what a real joy and a privilege it is to be back on the radio again today. And I want to thank you, dear listener, for allowing me to come into your home. Uh, it may be a, a place of business or into your cars, you're going up or down the road. And I just want to say thank you for listening to the Bible broadcast. This is Keith Allison. I am doing the work of an evangelist out of Demarest, Georgia. And I want to welcome you to the Bible broadcast. And uh, I trust that the message today from the precious Word of God will be a help and a blessing to you. Uh, I invite you to go to my website. That would be KeithAllisonMinistries.com. Again, KeithAllisonMinistries.com. I would love for you to visit the site. Uh, you can see uh, the itinerary where it's posted uh, several weeks, probably up to six weeks in advance. And also, you'll see the books that I have written and the information there for you to order those if, if you feel like they would be a help to you. And then you'll see the radio stations that I am currently on and those that stream online and then those, uh, that one that archives and you're able to hear that uh, on on-demand listening. So please check out the website. And uh, I trust that uh, you'll find something there that will be a blessing and a help to you. And then at the end of the program, I'll be giving you some contact information. And let me say that I would certainly love to hear from you. And it's my prayer that you'll be blessed through the radio ministry. And let me encourage you, if you are not already, to become a regular listener. Uh, this is a weekly broadcast. And so if you will mark the time of the day and the day, the station in which you are listening, and then come back next week at the same time, then Lord willing, we'll be on the air. And so we'd love for you to get in the habit of finding us on the radio uh, each week at this time and listening to the Word of God. And then I'd ask you to share this news with others and encourage your friends or family to listen to the broadcast and tell them that we would love to have them on the air, uh, uh, listening to us as we're on the air. And uh, so, and let me say this, I certainly appreciate these fine radio stations that I am on. I appreciate the owners and the staff for having, uh, being willing to have Christian programming, and I'm certainly grateful for that because it is an outlet that we can use to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm on the radio uh, to glorify God, to evangelize the sinner, and to edify the saints of God. I'm not on the air to take the place of a pastor or, or someone in your life, but I am on the air to try to be a blessing and a help, amen, to the children of God and to witness to those that are unsaved that they might hear the gospel repent and believe and be saved. And so I'm thankful uh, for the opportunity to be on the air. And let me say again to those that have helped us financially, thank you so much. And as I say often, I could not be on these stations without your financial support. And I want you to know that every penny uh, goes to the purchasing of Radio Time, and it is certainly appreciated. So thank you for your help uh, for this ministry. And we'll just trust that God will meet the needs to keep us on the air as we go forward for the cause of Christ. All right, today I'm going to be reading a very familiar text 
found in the book of Hebrews and chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and I want to begin reading with verse number 19. The Bible says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, verse 23 through 25 is where I want to settle in. The Bible said, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another. Now listen, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That means that I am to be interested in you. Let us consider one another. We are to be interested not just in ourselves, but in other people. And the reason for that is to provoke unto love and to do good works. So it is my responsibility to be interested in you and then to do what I can to provoke you unto love and to good works. And then my text, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So the implication is what he's telling us to do in verse 24 we do that by assembling together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I want to speak to you today on assembling together, on assembling together. And I know that as uh, a pastor I was for 36 years, but as pastors and as preachers, we may quote this verse challenging people to come to the house of God. And we'll say, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And sometimes we'll only quote that part of the verse and not the rest of it, nor even take into consideration the verse prior to this. So I want to speak to you today on assembling together. And I want to deal with two primary points, and of course I've got subpoints, but I want to deal with two primary points about assembling together. And this is talking about coming together as the saints of God, uh, what we would call in church. Coming together as a church, assembling together. So number one, let's look at what the Bible says about the order of assembling. The order of assembling. Or what does the Bible say simply about the fact of assembling together? Well, there's several things that we need to take into consideration. Uh, here in verse number 25 of chapter 10, we see that we are to assemble together. And the word church the word church, as far as the word itself, it means a called out assembly or group. So when we use the word church, by, nef by definition, 
it is talking about a group of people that have been called out and that are assembling together. It speaks of a group. One person is not the church. He may be part of the church, and he may be a member of the local church, but the church is always in reference to a, an assembly or a group of people. And I want to say this, I believe strongly in the local church. If you're saved, you ought to belong to a local church where you can uh, function and carry out, uh, amen, Christianity. But let me say this, the church, the body of Christ, cannot be seen unless it is localized. So you as an individual may be saved and you may be a part of the church uh, that is the body of Christ, but unless you assemble, unless you come together in a group and with a group, then you will never be seen as the church, even though you are a part of the body of Christ. So a church, the, 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 the church can only be seen while it is assembled. Amen? And I know that the church is represented by us individually out in the world, and that's why every person ought to live right, because you are bearing witness to your church. But again, your local church cannot be seen unless it is assembled. So here the word together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So number one, I'm talking about the order of assembling. We are to assemble together, amen. There ought to be a unity there. There ought to be a togetherness there. And that is applied in the word church or in the word assembly. So, so let me hasten to say then that we are to assemble together. I'm talking about the order of assembling. So number one, we are to assemble together. And then, let me say this, we are to assemble to participate. I mean by that, you are to be involved in the church service. The Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but watch this now, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And then in verse 24, let us consider one another, to provoke unto love and to good works. So when we assemble, we are to assemble together, and then we are to participate in that assembly. Now, I know that everybody cannot be the pastor or a preacher. Everyone cannot teach. Everybody cannot play the instrument. So it takes all the different people to do the various uh, jobs and, and, and things that are done within that assembled congregation. But by the fact of you assembling and being there, you are going to lend strength and help to your brother and sister in the Lord. It could be a testimony. It could be just a handshake. It could be the time of fellowship before and after the formal service uh, to where you are a help to somebody else. So you have to participate, amen. And so don't just go to church to be a spectator, but go to the house of God to participate. Get in the Sunday school. Get in a Sunday school class. Uh, if you can, sing in the choir. If not, then sing when the congregation sings. Don't just sit there 
like a like a a a, a, a bug on a log, so to speak. But y'all to go to participate. I'm no singer, but I like to sing along when the congregation sings. Uh, I want to pray when they have altar prayer and pray together. I want to pray. I don't want to flip through my Bible or do something while they're praying. I need to be praying with them. I need to participate. And then if there's testimony time, if God moves on my heart, I ought to give a testimony. And I, may I say this, you, you don't have to say something every time uh, testimonials are given. But friend, I would worry. I, now you hear me well. If I were you, I would worry about myself if I have gone years going to church and never gave a public testimony to the fact that I was saved. I would worry about myself if I did not have a desire at some point, at some point to stand and say, I just want to thank God for saving my soul. Or I want to thank God for answered prayer. Neighbor, I think, I think something's wrong if you can go long periods of time without just having a public testimony. And again, it may be as simple as thank God I'm saved. But y'all to go to the house of God, y'all to assemble, amen, together, and then y'all to assemble to participate, amen. And then let me say this, we are to assemble on the Lord's day. That is the first day of the week. And I don't, that's an entire message within itself, but I just want to read you what the Bible says in Acts chapter 20 and verse number seven. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. But the implication is, is that that first day of the week was a regular meeting time for the disciples. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread. So we are to assemble on the Lord's day. And it's called the Lord's day because the first day of the week is the day that Jesus arose from the grave. The Jews, in their Jewish religion, they, they worshiped on Saturday, which is the Sabbath, which is the seventh day of the week. But the New Testament church, friend, in honor and in recognition of the resurrection of our Lord, because he began something new and fresh, and so we meet on the first day of the week, in commemoration of his resurrection and, friend, in commemoration of the fact that the church is a New Testament entity, a New Testament body. We're not the Jews. We're not worshiping on the Sabbath, which is the last day of the week, but we're to meet on the Lord's day. Amen? So y'all to go to, hey, hey friend, y'all to just go down through your calendar and mark off Sunday for any other plans that may come up. It ought to be a given that just as sure as the sun comes up on Sunday morning, if you're not providentially hindered, and by that I mean sickness or a death or something that has providentially hindered you, I know you may get iced out in the winter, but I'm talking about providentially hindered. Unless you're providentially hindered, you ought to go to the house of God on Sunday. Amen. You can go to Walmart on Saturday. A friend, you can go see Aunt Susie on Saturday or between services on Sunday. But you ought to go to the house of God on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. 
And God help us, friend, that we would, and I know that to the New Testament Christian, every day is to be lived right and that we are not really to put one day above another, but I understand all that. But historically and traditionally and scripturally, the church has met on the first day of the week. That's the Lord's day. And so I believe, friend, that we ought to honor that and meet on the Lord's day. And I like Wednesday night prayer meeting, amen. You ought to go to church on Wednesday night if you're not providentially hindered. Now, I am an evangelist, which means that a good portion of, of weeks, uh, you know, a good portion of almost every week, I'm in church somewhere preaching or even like maybe in a Jubilee or Count meeting where I may preach once or twice and, and still take in the rest of the meetings. But, but I go to church, I mean, just day after day after day. But, hey, friend, you ought to go to the house of God on the Lord's day. Amen. So uh, the order of our assembling, it is to it ought to be together. It ought to be to participate. It ought to be on the Lord's day. And then we ought to meet, amen, we ought to assemble in Jesus' name. Matthew 18, 20, Jesus said, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So we are to assemble in the name of Jesus, not in the name of the church, not in the name of the pastor, not in your name. In other words, the reason that we should go and assemble, the number one reason should be Jesus Christ. We've come to worship him, to honor him, to glorify him. And so we're meeting in his name. We're meeting, listen now, in the authority of Jesus' name. We are, when we assemble in Jesus' name, we are declaring that we're doing this out of obedience to him, and we're doing this out of obedience to the word of God, and we're doing it not on our own authority, but we're claiming the authority to worship on the Lord's day in the precious name of Jesus. Thank God for that. And then let me say, y'all to come to the house of God, y'all to assemble prepared. What do you mean, preacher? Y'all to I'm saying y'all to be prepared. How I many of you get up and and listen? You may prepare to go to school if you're a student. You may prepare to go to work. Y'all to prepare to go to the house of God. And a reason a lot of times we we'll, people will jump up, they get ready, and they go to church having listen now having not prayed. That well, I'll do that when I get to church. Y'all to prepare to go to the assembly. Amen. Y'all to, to pray of a morning before you go to the house of God. Y'all to read your Bible a little bit before you go. Y'all to take some time to meditate and try to discern the spirit of God's will for your life on that Lord's day. Amen. As you go to the house of God. So y'all to go prepared. We find this, and again, all of these subjects could be mentioned and preached on a message themselves. But in 1 Corinthians 16 in verse 1 and 2, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Look now, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. So he was telling them to lay aside their tithes and offerings, amen, on the first day of the week. So they had to be prepared to do that. 
It's kind of like I preach a message on Mary anointing the head and the feet of Jesus with that box of, of spikenard. And here's what I'm saying. She had to bring the spikenard from her house to Simon the leper's house because that's where she put it on the Lord. And so when she left her house, she left prepared. She brought her box with her. In other words, she was prepared to go worship. And you and I, when we assemble on the Lord's day, we ought to prepare to go to the house of God. It'll make it a much more uh, spiritual experience if you're ready when you get there. But if you're waiting till you get there to get ready, you may be a little bit late and not get what you ought to get or ought to out of the service. Oh, my dear friend, I love to get up on on, on Sunday morning and... and uh, and get get in the Word of God and look look over my message again and maybe uh, add a few more details and study a little bit more and I love to pray and just try to try to get my mind. I like to hear a little bit of a good old time gospel music singing, you know, and just kind of helps condition my heart and my mind for worship. And and we can't just jump in and jump out. I believe it takes preparation. I believe it takes seasoning. Amen. Uh, to get you in there uh, to worship. And so y'all to assemble, amen, to worship. So we see, number one, the order of our assembly. Now, secondly, let me very briefly say something about the opportunity in assembly. What, what opportunity do we have by assembling ourselves at the house of God? Well, number one, it's an opportunity to simply obey God. I mean, friend, I don't care how you look at it. Hebrews 10, 25 is not a suggestion. It is a command, not forsaking. That is, stop doing it. That some were neglecting to go, and he was saying, stop it. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So when you go to the house of God on Sunday, you say, well, I don't like the preacher. Well, uh, the, the church is dis. Hey, there may be a lot of things that you don't like. And let me say this. If the church you're attending, if it is that bad, why don't you look for one that's good? Amen? Instead of just sitting at home. And then let me say this. I don't care where you go. You're not going to find a perfect church. And don't join it if you do because you'll mess it up because you're not perfect. But I want to say this, friend. Uh, listen, there may be lots of reasons why you don't want to go to church, but the number one reason you ought to want to go is simply to obey God. And it'll give you an opportunity to, to be obedient to God when you go to the house of God. I hope you got more reasons than that, but that's where I'm starting with. The opportunity in assembling is, number one, simply to obey God. Number two, uh, this ought to be the prime reason. It's to worship God. Y'all to love him so much and be so thankful and grateful that you're saved and so grateful for all that he's done in your life that you just can't wait to get to church and to lift up your voice and sing amazing grace and to be with the saints of God and to be able to give you money, amen, and tithes and offerings and to be able to sit and hear the man of God preach. Y'all to go, number two, to worship God. The Bible said that they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And, and the Father seeketh such to worship him. God wants you to come and he wants you to worship him. It pleases God for you and I to worship him on the Lord's day. So it's an opportunity for you to obey God, opportunity for you to worship God. It's an opportunity for you to be a witness for Christ. 
The Bible said, and this is a command in Acts 1-8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And let me say, friend, that collectively, as a church, you are a part of the witness in your community. When your car sits in the parking lot, when your body is sitting there on the pew and you're making up the localized assembly where you go, whether it's Faith Baptist or Calvary Baptist or Fairfield Baptist or Grace Baptist, whatever the name of your church is, is insignificant at this point. I'm just saying that by you being there and being a part of that fellowship, a part of that assembly, then you are collectively a witness in that community, collectively, just by you being there and being a part of it, amen. And so you're being able to be a witness for Christ. On the job, in the marketplace, in the community, others will know you as being a member and a churchgoer at your local church. And by the fact, if you never open your mouth, by the fact that you go there, you are bearing witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then let me say this. Number four, the opportunity in assembling is to fulfill the Great Commission. What was that Great Commission? In Matthew chapter number 28, uh, Jesus told his disciples, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And so if you, friend, are a part of a local church, and you assemble together, and you work together, and you worship together, then you have, a, you have the opportunity uh, to be fulfilling the Great Commission. You may not look at it like this. It may be your home church in your home community, but friend, it is far away from the city of Jerusalem. Are you listening to me? In other words, wherever you and I may be on the Lord's day could be considered a part of the Great Commission because it has branched out originally from the Jerusalem church. And then when you think about your involvement, your singing in the choir, your testimony, your preaching, your teaching, whatever you do, you are participating in a service where people from time to time get saved. People are being one to God in your local church. And then as your teachers teach and the pastor preaches, people are being discipled and taught, and that's what the Great Commission calls for, amen. And you're a part of that in your local church. And then by your giving, I hope, you're, I hope you are involved in a mission-minded church, but when you put your tithes and offerings or either pledge money to the missions program, whatever you give, friend, that money finds its way to supporting missionaries around the world, and you at the judgment seat of Christ will have a reward for your involvement in fulfilling the Great Commission. But you go ahead and set it home and say, well, I can't do nothing. No, friend, I'm telling you, just be, be in the house of God collectively. You see, sometimes we think that it's all on our shoulder as an individual, but the church is a collective body of believers. 
And the assembling is a collective body of believers. And collectively, you are a witness. Collectively, you are fulfilling the Great Commission. If you can't go, then you give, amen, and you pray, and you're a part of the body that does. It gives you the opportunity, number five, to serve one another with your spiritual gift. Peter said, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister, listen now, the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God has gifted men with spiritual gifts, and then the gifted men are given to the church for the edification of the body of Christ. Read Ephesians chapter number four. That's why, uh, that's why pastors, evangelists, and teachers are given to the local assembly for the edifying or the growth, the building up, the equipping of the body of Christ. And so when you go to church, you exercise your spiritual gift and in so doing, you are serving your fellow believer. Amen. And then let me say, sixthly, when you go to the house of God, when you assemble, you are studying to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You're not only reaching out and serving others, but when you go to church, it is part of your personal growth and your personal self-help. When you sit there, listen to that Sunday school teacher with an open Bible. You listen to that preacher with an open Bible, and you allow God to take his servants as they exercise their gift to teach you the things of God, and you are growing, you are spiritually maturing and becoming what God wants you to be, and it's all because you have assembled with the people of God. And then I'm through, it gives you an opportunity to fulfill your family responsibilities. You're to train your children up. You're to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And you can't do it without having that family in church. Amen. My, my. Well, I'm going to have to go. Write to us. I'd love to hear from you. This is Evangelist Keith Allison, P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia, 30531. Go to my website, KeithAllisonMinistries.com. You can call or text 706-968-1182. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville Gainesville and W248DL Murrayville Gainesville. It's 9 o'clock.